0: Sports Radio, 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry.
1: Good morning, and I am in. Actually, um, Michael said I was in studio. Well, I am in studio, but I'm in my studio in Fort Collins, and I'm looking out the window, folks, and we're going to have an incredible weekend. You need to get out there. Listen to this show for us or get in the car and turn it on. Of course, we podcast everything, too. But you need to be outdoors this weekend. We've just... We've had snow for... We've had... At least one day of snow, I think all but one week in the last scene. So it's time to get out and just enjoy this. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a lot of fishing today. Then we're going to talk about bringing you back indoors for the International Sportsman's Exposition. We're going to talk some turkey hunting. We're going to talk some hot bites, both on walleye and trout. Uh, There's just a lot going on. We'll take you to a couple state parks. So we're just going to have a good time today helping you get out and have a good time yourself. Let's go to the phones and joining us from Tightline Outdoors, he's uh, he's been a frequent contributor on this show. He's an accomplished angler, a guide, and he'll be joining us at the International Sportsman's Exposition as both a presenter and part of the walleye panel when he's there. And that's Dustin Ziegler. Good morning, Dustin.
2: Good
1: morning, Kerry. You know, the fact that you're going to be part of the walleye panel, which I think we're doing Friday night, Karen, is that right? The walleye panel will be Friday night. This is a great time for you and I to get people all excited and talk some walleye fishing. And this is a special time of the year, walleye fishing. You know, there's we talk about seasons we love and seasons we like. And, you know, and there's different times of the year. In summer, you can get those hot bites. In fall, you get the fish gathering up, getting ready for winter. But a different motivation drives them in the spring, especially the walleyes, and that's the spawn. And during this time, it can be some of the most frustrating fishing, but for big fish, it can also be some of the most productive, can't it?
3: Absolutely. This is the time that uh, I think most walleye anglers really look forward to. We see a lot of uh, those records getting broken this time of year. If it's going to happen all season long for a record walleye, it's going to be... Uh, spring of the year when they are full of eggs. So absolutely, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I know a lot of walleye anglers are chomping at the bit to get on that open water for sure.
1: Now, it's been a strange season this year. Um, I guess, you know, I'm getting to the point where I think I say that every season, Dustin, it's, it's just different. You know, we get late ice, we get <laughs> early ice, we get warm weather, then cold fronts come in. And weather really does affect the walleye spawn, among among other factors. So what are you seeing out there? What's going on? I mean, there's ice on the lakes, but we should see some opening up pretty soon. Let's start with what's happening right now.
3: Yeah, so we have ice coming off of most of the lakes. Metro ice is done for as far as uh, ice fishing opportunities go. Uh, we're really looking forward to uh, this open water time, and I think Cherry Creek is going to be our first uh, lake to open up besides Pueblo. Pueblo is fishable and open to boating right now. Um, so, uh, You know, multiple anglers can go down there, you know, test their equipment and get after those Wale and Pueblo. Now, for Metro Waters, I would say Cherry Creek Reservoir uh, is going to open first. We're looking at a uh, pretty windy afternoon um, and day, both Monday and Tuesday of this upcoming week. I think that's going to blow a lot of the the, uh, leftover ice off of Cherry Creek. And we could see Cherry Creek open to boating um, as early as the end of next week or beginning of the following week. And so that's exciting news there. Um, A lot of anglers are sitting around and they're wondering, well, when are they going to start spawning? Is the water temperature right? You know, when when does a walleye go in to spawn? And I think the biggest thing this season is because we've had ice on our lakes um, abnormally long, we're going to see these fish already in that spawning mode. So we're going to have males already on the spawning grounds, riprap shorelines, inlets, um, stuff like that. And so they're already there. Most of our big females are going to move in first uh to spawn with those males and then while they are funny with their spawn they can take up to 6 weeks of spawning there's no uh really a, a predominant time frame at which they do this you know in a 1 to 2 week time frame and so um i would expect uh most of our fish to spawn at Cherry Creek uh right as the ice comes off and as we're able to boat it um And then one thing to note on uh, Cherry Creek, now the dam, if you're a shore fisherman, the dam will be closed 9 p.m. to 4 a.m. You may not fish from it. They are going to do netting operations on uh, Cherry Creek. They also did that at uh, Pueblo Reservoir as well. Um, But Chapfield, they are not and so chatfield reservoir they're not going to do any uh, netting as of right now they haven't mentioned that so the dam will be open to fish at chatfield once uh, it has some open water on it and is accessible um so a couple of good things happening there and uh, we can expect that bite to start now with spawning i wanted to also mention um it's not all about water temperature everybody says you know 42 degrees uh to 46 that's just when it's going to happen and a lot of times especially this time of year we're going to see uh, those fish uh, move up sooner because their natural calendars in a walleye's head uh, is telling them to do that. We also have uh, oxygen moving in from inflows and stuff like that that's really oxygenating the water, um, offering current, giving them that, uh, that general time frame. Um, one other big, big thing is your moon phases. So um, the first moon phase uh, our full moon phase in March typically can be a great starting period for them to move up, but I would say the first week of March is typically when we really start seeing fish uh, start to head to or be on these spawning grounds.
1: Yeah, and we're seeing all of that. In fact, it was a full moon yesterday, and so that moon phase is probably kicking in. <clears throat> I agree with you 100% that water temperature is critical, but that uh, the daylight length and the calendar time is even more critical and you know and it's going to be a slow opening for a next couple of weeks it's going to be kind of some lakes will open some won't it's going to go on before we get into maybe what to do once the boating starts let's talk about approaching it right now both cherry creek and chatfield from shore are there opportunities from shore on those lakes
3: Absolutely. So as a shore angler, I would say this time of year, in particular as a walleye shore angler, you almost have an upper hand advantage on, uh, on chasing these fish. They're at your feet. So a lot of these fish will uh, typically spawn, and I'm more particularly talking about the evening time period when they do move in to actively spawn. They're going to be in four feet and less when they're doing this. And so as a shore fisherman, they're at your feet. Um, The biggest thing I would say is you want to keep your presentation in that zone. Don't make bombing pass out to deeper water and then bring it to shallows. Work at a forty five degree angle or parallel to the dam with uh you know a jerk bait or or some form of uh you know curly tail grub or plastic, and that's going to keep the bait in the strike zone and give you a better opportunity at the end of the day
1: I couldn't agree more, and it really is pretty much a dusk and through the night type bite this time of the year isn't it in fact you you very seldom it's 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 going to be tough to get these fish going during the day. Now, some of the males will stay active and be up there and catch them. But one of the things I find out about this time of the year, too, is you can put in a lot of time for one or two bites, and it can be, but they can be just giants. Or you can fish all night and all day and not get a bite. Or you can get one of those days when you hit a bunch of those active males and you get 20 fish. But it can really be frustrating, but it can also be productive. Is that what you find?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So as a boat angler, um, you know, and fishing during the day, I'm not going to say that it's it's going to be easy by any means, but like you said, those males are aggressive and, and usually tend to stay aggressive even through the daytime hours. Those fish typically um, are going to stay shallow, though, you know, 10, 12 foot most of the daytime. They're, they're soaking up warm sunlight um, and any sandy bottom something like that to where they can sit on and soak that up. But uh, I do find that a, a lot of these fish can be very active, even the females. You know, the biggest thing to know if you're going to take anything away is fish slow. Um, our water temperature is slow, so you want to fish slow. Um, if you're using a jerkbait, take off that split ring that might come factory on that bait um, and tie directly to it or maybe put a snap on that goes to a point, something that's going to dole down your actions. If I'm fishing a jig and a plastic, something like that, I'm going to really, really focus on slowing down, doing longer pauses, um, more of a pull, um, less reaction style fishing, more of uh, sitting a bait in front of them and letting those lethargic fish come in and actually grab that bait and so um, I think that's the biggest key as a boat angler as you get closer to that nighttime period um, I do find reaction fishing can great whether it's with a jerk bait or a blade bait just before it, it gets dark that blade bait can really get hot with those males and then right when it gets dark start targeting real shallow water and working bait slow um, whether it's a floating jerk jerkbait um, a suspending one but one that dives very shallow and then just Steady and slow with your retrieve. You don't need to be um, real aggressive with the bait to get these fish to bite.
1: You know, another thing I used to do is we transitioned to the boating part of it. I used to do this on Cherry Creek. You know, if you move off from the dam, you know where that drops into that twenty foot depth off of the off so as you get towards the basin of the lake. There, I found that a lot of these big females would would in the daytime would stage down there, but they wouldn't chase very much. So I'd take lead core. And I'd put like a a very uh, jerkbait like you described that doesn't have a great action, maybe a a husky jerk that kind of rolls instead of wobbles. And I'd put that and I'd troll it just inches off the bottom through that depth. And I may fish all day for two or three bites, but they'd almost always be 25-inch plus fish. Do you ever experience that out there?
3: Yeah, absolutely. They're going to sit just off of their, you know, off of that riprap shoreline um and so they will be lethargic they they're going to be hard pressed to bite but that doesn't mean they won't and like you said putting a a nice juicy high protein meal in front of them um and getting it right in front of their nose is going to trigger those fish and then also at you know when you look at cherry creek there's rock all the way around that lake for the most part east shorelines west shorelines so even though the dam is closed that doesn't mean that that's the only place you're going to have fish. There's a lot of fishing opportunity around the lake with riprap shoreline shorelines um, and not a real natural rocky inlet that is going to actually spread fish out. As long as there's a little bit of current um, or wind blowing uh, oxygen, oxygenated water up onto a shoreline, those are options for you as a shore angler or a boat angler as well.
1: No, you're absolutely right. I want to change gears on you real quick here, Dustin. You're going to be at the International Sportsman's Exposition, and it's a great time to talk about this because a couple of things you're going to be doing, you're going to be talking about jerk baits for walleyes, and you're going to be part of the walleye panel. Tell us a little bit, give us a, a preview of what you're going to cover at the ISE show.
3: Yeah, so I have uh, two seminars happening on Thursday, uh, the, the beginning days of, of the ISE show. Um, first one's going to be all about jerk baits and how to utilize them year-round. Most anglers pull them out of their box spring of the year during the spawn, and then they put them away, most anglers. And so I want show to show most anglers and teach them that you can use that bait all season long and have more keepers and larger fish to catch on that bait. The other thing I'm going to be doing is just specifically trophy walleye. So, how am I going to target them? Where can I find them? What are they doing? What are they eating? And presentations to uh, tempt them into biting and catch multiple in a season in a season's length. Um, and then, of course, uh, the walleye panel. I'm excited to be along board you, Brad, Nate, um, just to kind of do the Q and A with any anglers that may be struggling or want to learn something new. And uh, I'm real excited for for that opportunity.
1: Yeah, I am too. The walleye panel is always one of my favorites we get. And one of the things I love about the walleye panel is we don't always agree. I mean, we all speak from our own experience, what we've (laughs) learned, and the way we approach it. And there's no absolutes in fishing. And sometimes sometimes that little bit of uh, disagreement leads to make us all better anglers. So I really like that. Before I let you go, um, how about some ice up in the high country? I heard you're getting some kokanee. What else is going on?
3: Yeah, our kokanee bite's going strong. It has been for the last month. Um, I expect that to continue. Um, the other and that's at 11
2: miles?
3: Correct, yeah. Any, anywhere that really has a solid kokanee population, is, you're, you're going to be able to target them um, suspended over deeper water, following river channels and currents. Um, now, the other big fish opportunity would be pike. Those fish are entering spawn here near ice off and so those fish are very, very large this time of year and are an excellent opportunity So trout um, that are going to be thinking about spawning as well. So a lot of ice fishing still happening. I know we're excited for boating, but I would definitely recommend taking an extra trip or two up to the high country because the bite can be some of the best you've had all season long as far as ice fishing goes.
1: All right, we're out of time, Dustin, but great stuff. People want more, they can get a hold of you at Tightline Outdoors on on tightlineoutdoors.com, on almost all social media. Thanks for joining us. and I look forward to seeing you at International Sportsman's Expo.
3: Thank you, Terry. I appreciate the time.
1: You bet. Dustin Sigler, great angler, great, great, great addition to uh, our uh, resources here on the show. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back... uh, Folks from St. Moraine State Park are going to join us, and we're going to um, talk about a great opportunity coming up there right now and in uh, just a couple weeks on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. You're just a tear in my eyes. Each night I cry myself to sleep. You're just a memory of a long you're listening to terry wickstrom outdoors normally we would be broadcasting on 104.3 the fan but because of ncaa basketball we move over to our sister station espn by the way that uh bumper music was from wickstrom and dobra's latest ep release go to your favorite streaming service and search us and uh let it give us some feedback before we get to the next speaker or the next caller i want to give away a few tickets to ISE. We're going to give away tickets during the entire show today. Um, During the last segment, Dustin and I talked about a presentation that him, myself, Brad Peterson, and Nate Zielinski were all going to do together at International Sportsman's Exposition. The first one to text 303-713-1043 with the name of that presentation gets uh, Two tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. Karen will put them and we'll call for you. Let's go to the phones. Joining us from St. Moraine State Park is Sean Dunleavy. Good morning, Sean. Morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Isn't that a beautiful weekend?
0: It's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's really nice out right now. I love this temperature.
1: Oh, and everybody has got spring fever. You know, we've had this on and off again weather and... You're a place that people can go and really take advantage of without having to make long-term plans. Why don't you tell, in case people are new, tell them where St. Verena is located and describe the park.
0: Sure. So the park is right off of I-25 and State Highway 119, the Longmont exit, so just about 30 minutes north of Denver um and uh, the park has uh camping we're actually completely full this weekend so this was our first weekend where every single campsite was full this year that's going to remain true throughout the summer now most likely we'll be pretty full even on weekdays pretty soon here but on weekends uh you're already looking at where you might want to make a reservation to camp with us and then we've got 10 ponds that are fishable ponds in the park a good variety of fish from uh Late fall till mid spring, we're one of the best places in the state, I think, for catching those stocked ten to twelve inch trout. And then other times of the year, we're at least fair for warm water fish in several of the ponds.
1: Now, great fishing there, both from shore. You have one major lake that does allow boats, and then you have—I yeah, right. um, believe you can put like canoes and kayaks in most of the others. Is that right? Yeah. So, Blue Heron is our. Uh, one that has a
0: boat ramp actually on it and uh, that just opened to boating just two days ago it was iced over completely three or four days ago and in a single day that ice all went away now it's completely ice free and i saw our first trailered boat out there this morning on the water so somebody's already out there in a trailered boat and all the other ponds um, you can still put canoes kayaks or inflatables on there as long as you can launch from shore
1: yeah well, I want to talk. You have an event coming up I want to talk about, but before we get to it, I was going to ask you conditions Well obviously, the ice is going away. You mentioned the camping you've got trails and wildlife watching there too for day use and things right
0: yeah absolutely so there's there's trails now, and several of the uh parts of the trails are now actually paved that weren't previously paved so now we've got more paved trail in here and also some open trail probably about five total miles of trail that you could hike but we've got at least two lakes you can go around that are about a mile and a half round. and wildlife viewing is pretty good right now i'm still seeing uh eagles we get a little um well we're lucky here in the winter time i almost always see one or two bald eagles a day if i'm looking for them and very soon here, we'll have osprey in the parks. As a matter of fact, we think we've already had one in the park, but usually it's about April 1st, we start seeing those. Um, lots of other wildlife to see, deer in the park, which I saw this morning just coming into work. And So yeah, pretty good wildlife viewing considering we're right off the highway.
1: Now let's talk about the fishing a little bit before we get to your event. You mentioned the stock trout. This time of the year, you guys are pretty heavily stocked in, I think, more a few of the ponds. You can clarify that for me, but because the yeah. ponds are cold this time of the year, those trout are active they 're near shore. We want people to come out and catch them they're put and take, take some home. Which of the How many of the ponds are stocked with trout?
0: Uh, it, it varies somewhat from year to year, but right now i 'd say your three best bets there's Coot Pond, which is on the south side of the park that one's usually pretty well stocked with trout has a little less shoreline access, so it's not as kid-friendly, but it still works pretty well, and there's lots of parking on the south side. Sandpiper Pond is the biggest pond in the park that typically gets stocked with trout, and people know that one. It'll probably get busy this weekend, but it's still fun. It's actually nice when it's busy because you can see the other people catching fish right next to you, and it's fishing pretty fair. And then Mallard Pond is also stocked with trout. As a matter of fact, it's been stocked recently so they they're all still fishing pretty well but mallard was just stocked within the week
1: now i had a guy um, he's been contacting me on social media and <clears throat> he wants to fish for bass out of his kayak you have one pond i believe that's catch and release for bass is that right yeah actually
0: we have two that are catch and release for bass um, bald eagle is catch and release on bass and it's also flies and artificial lures only so no bait of any kind And that one's probably the best one for bass, especially if you're using lures and if you're doing catch and release. The other one actually is blue heron, which is the one with the boat ramp. That one's also catch and release, but you can still use bait within that one.
1: And blue heron also has walleyes, I believe. Is that right? That's right. Blue heron
0: is probably your best bet on walleye. A couple others have some walleye, but blue heron's got pretty good. Um, and you know, at this park, I'd say a, a big one here is maybe 24 inch. So we don't see a lot bigger than that, but hey, that's still a great fish. So,
1: oh yeah. And they're so good to eat. They're just ridiculous the way they taste. Now you've also yeah. got a lot of panfish in the ponds, but let's get to your event before we run out of time on April sure. 16th, you're going to have a fishing event. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, April 16th. Um, from 9 o'clock in the morning until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We're having a fishing event here. We actually had the same event um, three and four years ago. We haven't had it the past two years. We're looking forward to bringing it back. First two years, it was in March. This year, we went ahead and delayed it till April. Uh, Should give us really good weather. And it's going to have several different uh, parts of Colorado Parks and Wildlife here to talk about aquatic nuisance species. I think boat safety, some other stuff on fishing. Um, and then we'll have some also non-Parks and Wildlife partners, and it really is geared towards anyone and everyone who wants to fish, but it is
1: definitely kid-friendly, and it's absolutely going to be friendly to people who are new to fishing. Yeah, in fact, you'll have people there giving pointers and teaching people about fishing. Is that right? Oh, yes. We're going to have uh, CPW people, but also
0: non-CPW partners, uh, a couple different ones who are going to be in. They're going to be maybe demoing some stuff, but absolutely talking about how to cast um, and all that, fly tying, I think, too. And so we'll have a fair number of people who are going to tell you about how to fish and lots of good advice there.
1: I also heard that there might be some stocking going on just before that. We should have at least
0: one of the ponds stocked within that week. Um, I don't unfortunately know right now which ponds, but when we do know, we'll also let people know which pond was most recently stocked. But you'll be able to catch fish that day almost certainly. I never guarantee anything, but as close as I can get to a guarantee, we'll have stocked that week.
1: And that's uh, April 16th from 9 to 2. I'm sure there's information on your website and your Facebook page. Is that right? there's probably some
0: information now and there will be more information forthcoming really soon. So within the next week I would look online and we'll probably have even more information. Than, well, we should have more information than I've given
1: today. All right, Sean sounds like a great way to spend some time. I'm anxious to get out there and catch my fish, some some fish myself. Thanks for joining us today. No, of course not a problem at all. Thank you. You bet. Sean Dunleavy from St. Forain folks, if looking for a place just go take your kids or go fish from shore or even put a boat out just head out there it's wide open it's ready to go we're going to take a time out when we come back we're going to talk more about what's going to happen with parks and wildlife the international sportsman's expo coming up next week all that more coming up on terry wickstrom outdoors presented by jack's outdoor gear on 1600 espn Mm You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear, locations up and down the front range. If you're an outdoor enthusiast, stop in and check one out. And we're broadcasting today on ESPN 1600. If you like what you hear, you can normally catch this show Saturday from 9 to 11 on 104.3 The Fan. But NCAA basketball, we're over here with our friends at ESPN today. Let's go to the phones. And joining us from... Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Debbie Leininger. Good morning. Good morning, Terry. How are you?
2: How are I'm doing? Great. Isn't that a beautiful day out? Oh boy, it's nice. I'm feeling summer's around the corner. I know, but we're going to ask people
1: to go indoors next weekend. Exactly. We're going to take, but we're going to ta- take the outdoors indoors as the International Sportsman's Exposition, which has normally is in January, it didn't happen last year because of COVID, got delayed, It's going to be next weekend. And we're all excited to see people again, get out and talk fishing, talk hunting, talk camping, and just see the people again. And parks and wildlife is always a big part of that, Debbie. Tell me some of the things you guys will be doing down there.
2: Right. This year, because of the change in the show, we're going to change it a little more and have a little bit more of a focus on conservation and be responsible when you recreate outside. So we have booths, um, an area in the in the, we are always in the back because we're a big draw of the show to bring everybody through the trade show and then end up at booths in the back. There's some family activities with like the climbing wall and the archery range, and then we're we've got a new boat simulator in our boating safety area, so that will be something for people to try, which will be fun. And we've got a t-shirt station. Where the kids can draw their own pictures and talk about boating safety, and then we iron them on and the kids get to take a T-shirt. So we still have some kid activities, but really want to impress with COVID, everyone has gone outside. They've rediscovered the outside, which is absolutely fabulous. But we've got to keep everyone thinking, you know, we don't want to pass around invasive species. You know, we want to clean our boots. We want to clean our tires on our bikes. We want to, you know, prevent the spread of any kind of aquatic nuisance species or invasive weeds, things like that. So we've got our invasive species booth all set up so people can learn the different things that they need to need to prevent um, the spread of invasive species. The boating safety people are there with people always being safe on the water. And we really want people to wear life jackets when they go by the water. The water in Colorado is cold. So that'll be a big push for messaging there. Plus, we'll have our info booth, and usually we don't have our current regulations available in January every year. So this will be a big change for us. It's right now during the middle of application season. People are applying for their hunting licenses for our limited licenses, and we'll be able to answer questions, individual questions that people have there. We have our new boat, or our, excuse me, our new park regulations will be out too. And we've got those available. So it's a little bit different, and it's going to be fun and nice to see everybody again.
1: Oh, it really will be. And I have a couple of things. You and I talked earlier. You're going to have the raptors there, too. Is that
2: right? Right, the live birds. Um, That's always a draw. And Raptor Education Foundation presents them, and they are fascinating. And they've got, you know, they talk about habitat, how important birds are to Colorado. We have 493 species, and you'll be able to get up close and personal with birds. Well, and I want to
1: expand on a few things. You covered a lot of things there, and I want to expand on a couple of them. One of them is the information that's available. You always have people there to answer questions, whether it's on hunting, fishing regulations, parks, how do I get involved, volunteers, even even uh, people who are looking maybe to work at parks as a volunteer or a temporary or something there's always people there to answer all those questions and you're right it's different this year because normally all the new regulations for the year are being printed so when we do it in january you don't have all that information so there's going to be a ton of information there and that's going to really make it nice and another thing this is parks 125th anniversary
2: exactly Um, our agency started 125 years ago we've got some commemorative merchandise on sale if anybody wants to get a hold of that so that will be fun and then the volunteers working in that booth are kind of sharing some of those historical stories Um, you know this is Women's History Month and we just did a little expose on all of the women that work inside the agency you know I don't get out in the field as much as I'd love to but We've got lots of field officers and district wildlife managers, park rangers, women running some of our parks. So, you know, historical things and the change of how we've seen that happen over the years. It's good. It's great, and we want everyone to be involved and have equal access to the outdoors.
1: Well, I think the the big message here is we're going to, you know, even though the show has been on for a couple of years and it's going to be a little smaller this year, we're really trying to get every outdoor enthusiast there, you know, whether you're experienced or you're just like uh Debbie settled, so many people got into the outdoors now that weren't into it before or went back to it. We really want to get people there from the parks booth to the things I'm doing there and just help them really enjoy not only enjoy the outdoors, but do it properly so we can conserve our resources, right?
2: Exactly. It's so important to take care when you're outside and you know, always leave it better than you found it. Even when you're going out and You know, I'll notice a cigarette butt or a piece of trash on the trail that we even checked in with COVID procedures. You can still pick that up and throw it away and pack it out with you. It's so important. And people who are new to the state don't really realize the impact they have. So the Care for Colorado program with tourism and Leave No Trace has been an important messaging effort that's going on as well. And we're part of that coalition again this will be a good effort to be able to talk to people individually because we all have to pass it on and make sure that everybody's handling the outdoors equally. You're right. And we're running out of time, but there's so many
1: other people there to answer questions. I know we're getting a lot of questions on the new Keep Colorado Wild Pass that's going to be attached to motor vehicle registration. You told me people will be there to answer those questions. Just come out and see us, and you're going to have a big presence The ISE show is March 24th through the 27th. It's Thursday, 12 to 7, Saturday, 10 to 6, and Sunday, 10 to 4. And, Debbie, I'm sure I will see you
2: down there. You betcha, and we hope everybody else comes, too. Thanks.
1: Uh, All right. Thank you, Debbie, from Colorado Parks and Wildlife. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, Austin Parr is going to join us, and we're going to talk fishing on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 1600 ESPN. You're listening you to all Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. Of course, that song was another Wickstrom and Dover song. Search us out on social media and we appreciate any feedback from you. Let's go to the phones. Joining us from uh, Discount Fishing Tackle is Austin Parr. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. You're always a tremendous resource. Now, we talked earlier a little bit about the uh, the walleye bite that's starting to become available because the ice is leaving with, uh, with Dustin from Tightline Outdoors. But uh, right now, as the ice is receding, we still have ice fishing up in the mountains. But this is probably one of the best times of the year for shore fishermen to really have some incredible opportunities on different species, isn't it?
4: Absolutely. We've talked about this extensively in the past and I can't really emphasize it enough where if you're a shore angler in this state and you're willing to be a multi-species angler, right now on the front range offers a host of different opportunities. So we have big water that still has quite a bit of ice on it. There's some open water on Chatfield, but even Bear Creek is still pretty locked down. But then smaller bodies of water, your local ponds and lakes have begun to ice out in a big way, a lot of them being... Fully free of ice now and many of those are stocked with trout as we mentioned but then some of those smaller bodies of water have uh, quite a few guy opportunities as well and with the water temperature being slightly warmer, although those guy are largely a sterile fish, uh, a lot of those will be uh, kind of going through the motions when it comes to spawning activities. Now is there a couple places for saw guys? I know that
1: uh, Douglas Lake up here has, either sauger or guy in it, and a lot of the Eastern Plains Lake have guys. Anybody, any place in uh, Front Range that jumps out at you for guys?
4: Yeah, so up in St. Brain State Park is one that I like quite a bit. So they put quite a few saw guys in blue heron up there. And that lake is actually, uh, as far as I know, open to boating this weekend. So they don't have the docks in, but you could drop a, a boat on there and there's horsepower restrictions on that lake. It's fairly small, but there are definitely saw guys in that lake. And then over the next week or so, when Bear Creek ice is out, that provides a fantastic opportunity to get some fish that are moving a little bit more than some of those walleye will be just with that temperature being slightly warmer.
1: And the saw guys tend to be a little more aggressive and a little shallower oriented too, so that makes Definitely. them a little more available to the shore anglers.
4: How do you go after the saw things? Guys? Go uh, I was just going to say just real quick, the interesting thing about those saw guys as well is due to the fact that they're a sterile hybrid. A lot of times the state isn't putting quite as many of them in as your walleyes, and they're not reproducing. So for one, a lot of times I like to let a lot of those saw guys go in the smaller bodies of water. But then secondarily, that less. Uh, Population, less dense population, provides some truly nice size fish, some big ones. So that can be good. And then as far as pra- targeting them, I target them a lot of times the same way as I do the walleyes. So, and the low light conditions with jerk baits, uh, shadow wraps have turned into one of my favorites, but then some of the new Berkeley stunner jerk baits I'm pretty excited about. And then as the water warms just a little bit more, working a gulp minnow or a twitch tail minnow along those rocks is a really good way to go, just keeping it right up above the rocks and trying to keep it on the snacks uh,
1: they're, uh, they're a great shore opportunity. The one thing, and I was I mentioned this with Dustin, too, the one thing I always like to tell people, though, spring can be one of the best shore fishing for walleye, guy, the warm water species, but it can also be very frustrating because little changes in weather, little changes in moon phases, a little bit of pressure, the bite can be really good or you can get, biggest fish of the year but it also can be frustrating and you can zero a lot too so you have to go there with the right expectation i think don't you
4: i totally agree and then also be willing to adjust so some of these other lakes have small mouth and large mouth opportunities in them that you can do well in the early season with the same jerk baits and or lipless baits like a rattle trap or a rapala rip and rap But then a lot of these same lakes also have trout in them, and and we talked about that before, where that really is a fantastic opportunity for fish that are very active. So places like Aurora Reservoir will have some trout that are going through the spawning motions up in the shallows, and then where you have some rivers flowing in, like the South Platte above Chatfield, there's a pretty decent spawning run of surprisingly nice-sized rainbows as you move up there, and that one sometimes is interesting. Uh, they'll get up in there, and, and I haven't been up in there to look, but there's a good population of beavers that are up in, in that river system, and they'll actually stop up the entire river. So some of the fish tend to not be as spread out, so there's not as much room uh, as far as angling pressure is concerned, but still one that provides a, a good opportunity and, and one that's reminiscent of some mountain lakes uh, and mountain rivers where you have a true spawning run that comes out of the, out of the reservoir.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things about Chatfield, and I haven't verified this, I wanted to bring it up earlier, Um, I've heard that Chatfield is filling up pretty fast, and it's pretty high. Is that what you've heard?
4: Definitely. So they did it throughout the ice fishing season, and uh, it was creating soft edges where a lot of the other metro impoundments had good hard, solid edges, but they've continued up, and it's up into the trees, similar to where we were last summer, and uh, it's... It's going to be the same type of deal as we had last year where the walleyes in the summertime are going to be moving up into those trees. And then another interesting point to note about that is that they are focusing spawn net operations for the walleyes on Cherry Creek and Pueblo, and they are not going to be enforcing a dam closure on Chatfield this year. So that uh, is going to be open game for a shore angler or an angler out of the boat as we get boating to open up.
1: How do you think the higher water at Chatfield is going to affect fishing the inlet?
4: So it's it's up some, but it's going to reduce some of the overall area that the river is flowing, obviously. But the one thing that I've always found is the lower section of that river is not nearly as productive. It's more of a slow, flat-moving river. And as you get up toward the bridge with the, the road that wraps around the southern side of the lake, when you get to that point and above, you gain just a little bit of elevation. The river's flowing a bit faster, and you have more defined holes, pockets, and eddies. So I uh, I don't think it's going to affect much in the river itself. A
1: couple more things I want to go over with you, real quick. We may you went you kind of mentioned the shoreline trout bite, and you know there's two distinct opportunities right now. There's a lot of stocking going on in the front range. The water's cold, and in all the bodies of water, those trout are going to stay shallow. And a few of them have holdover, holdover fish that can be quite large, especially in the bigger bodies of water, which come shallow this time of year. Are you hearing many reports of that?
4: So it, uh, definitely at Aurora. Uh, the, the the lake has been about half open, and that's before today. Obviously, we're going to be warm and a little bit breezy out there today, so it should open up a little bit more. But uh, folks have been catching some really high-quality trout out at Aurora, fish that are even pushing the five-pound mark, uh, both on the fly as well as conventionally. It's a great time of year to target cruising fish with the fly rod and strip some streamers like a woolly bugger and then trail a soft tackle nymph below or then fish indicator rigs with egg flies. But that's definitely an opportunity. Chatfield is still largely frozen except for the marina area right now. And a few folks were catching some decent trout as well as some low-light walleyes over there. But that's been kind of the extent that I've been hearing lately. But that's going to change after this weekend. We are going to be eliminating ice here as we speak. So it uh, is going to be providing more and more opportunities over the next week or so, even with the the weather coming in on Monday.
1: Real quick, I've had some re- – um... Some inquiries on social media about from some bass fishermen. They've moved from other places. They're living in the Denver metro area. Want to get out in kayaks and catch bass? Any recommendations?
4: Right off the bat, if you're looking to just go right now, the two options that you have really are Pueblo and or up into the St. Vrain area. A lot of these other reservoirs, although maybe marginally ice-free, the boat ramps have not opened yet, and that typically means that you can't have the kayak out there, although some bodies of water are different. Um, But then uh, I definitely, uh, the the Pueblo Bites, fantastic for the kayaks. I like that a lot. It's been still a little bit slow at the point right now, but as it starts warming up, it provides large no-wake areas that uh, can be very productive, and then places like St. Vrain State Park, offer uh, areas that don't have big boats as well as places like Bear Creek where you're not having to deal with heavy boat wake.
1: And of course a little later in the spring Quincy becomes one of the premier bass fisheries in the state I think.
4: Absolutely it still is one of those and and barring a big algae bloom it's been still holding strong populations. All right now I want to talk to you before I let you go about International Sportsman's
1: Exposition. Um, You're going to have a presence there tell us what you got going on.
4: We're going to discount Fishing Tackle. We'll have a 20 by 20 booth down there, and I'll also be offering two different presentations uh, covering uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, one of which talking about how to find success after the shad hatch for walleyes in the metro area and Eastern Plains. And then i will be on the casting uh, demo area on the fly casting pond, doing a conventional seminar, discussing how to select the appropriate rod actions for your given technique and applications.
1: All right, sounds like a lot of fun. We're going to see you there. Any last minute, uh, I mean, I guess we should, real quick, any quick ice fishing bites? Have you heard anything? There's still going to be ice fishing in the mountains probably for almost another month.
4: Absolutely. So there's still some good opportunities for lake trout up at Granby. East of Deer Island, I'm hearing, has had quite a bit of slush, but otherwise it hasn't been too bad for running machines. Bites have been really worthwhile. Williams Fork has been doing well for the lake trout also, And then the kokanee bite, as we've discussed a little bit before, at 11 Mile is still holding strong. Ice is pretty thick up there. Trout have been a little slower there in Antero, but the the kokanee's at 11 Mile have been really working well out in some of the deeper water.
1: And if people want more information or
4: book a guide trip with you, how do they find you? I'm at Discount Fishing Tackle. We're six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe.
1: All right, my friend, I will see you next week. We're going to get to spend a lot of time together. Look forward to it, Terry. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Austin. Always a great resource. You bet. That's Austin Parr. We're going to take a quick time out. When we get back, uh, Dan Rees from Larimer County is going to join us. We're going to talk about when the ramps will open at Horsetooth, maybe a little bit about the conditions on some of the other Larimer County lakes, and and maybe a chance for a summer job for you, if that's what you're looking for. All that more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN.